You're about to hear a preview of Partially Examined Life supporter exclusive content. To learn how to get the whole thing, check out partiallyexaminedlife.com slash support. Hey, this is your nightcap. We're recording this on August 21st, and we still can't seem to get the whole band together. You're here, Seth. Shockingly. After just being confused about the Cradleus episode and when it was happening. And Dylan is here. Yes, I am here. What's been going on in your life, Dylan? I have had on mine mind being close to nature. My youngest son is at the beginning of this bicycle trip going on the Great Divide mountain bike route from Banff, Canada to Mexico. And we traveled to Camore, which is near Banff, not far from Calgary, and visited some family and then got him and his uh, girlfriend off on their trip. But we spent a lot of time outside and in the mountains. So it did have me thinking about both about the relationship of the outdoors and nature. You know, lots of philosophers like to walk or have had like to walk, like walking and getting that, whether that is just inspirational or whether that's just sort of what meaning that has. And then it also had me thinking about adventure in general and the pull of doing something challenging for the sake of doing it, which I have a lot of sympathy for. And so thinking about exactly why we like to do those things. Just coincidentally, somewhat related, uh, yesterday when I was cleaning and prepping for this gathering in the afternoon, I was listening to our Piercig, our old Piercig episode on Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And it was interesting that you were the person who had, I won't say sympathy, but you had like an experiential connection to the whole notion of riding a motorcycle and having this kind of adventure and all that. It seems as though your son has picked that up from you. We tried riding from Madison to Portland on motorcycles, him on a 1975 Honda 360 that he had rebuilt. That was a couple of years ago. And that trip was cut short in the Badlands when he lost a cylinder on his motorcycle. I, <laughs> I warned him that we might not make it all the way across on our 50-year-old motorcycle. But, <laughs> and we did not. The actual um, Persig's motorcycle. It was, it was close. His Persig's motorcycle was actually smaller and he rode with a 14-year-old on the back of it. But... We did not do that. I've been gorging. I don't know if you've seen, heard of this show, How To with John Wilson. It's an HBO show. It's just starting on its third season, but it's a, a photojournalistic thing. Nathan Fielder is one of the executive producers. If you've seen the rehearsal or is Nathan for you or something, but you know, this guy just walks around New York and he has a narrated theme that always starts out, you know, it's like how to recycle batteries or something. But then by the end of the half hour episode, it is morphed into something completely different as he's just sort of following the trail of where this leads you. I'm trying to remember, you know, it was how to find a public restroom was one of them. And it, he ends up like going to Burning Man and just like, you know, it's poignant. And as a photo thing, like every image, he's just constantly filming all the time, I think. And so we just, mm-hmm. every little thing he says, you know, he'll mention a judge and he'll show some footage that he clearly took of a guy on a unicycle with a judge's wig, like uh, sc- sc- scooping around. Like most documentary things, you can just kind of do something else. 
But like this, you have to actually keep your eyes glued to the screen because there's like some mm-hmm. kind of joke or something. And some of them get pretty philosophical just about how we construct things to protect ourselves or protect our cities or just how we deal with each other as human beings. So that's highly recommended. And yeah, otherwise, I'm trying to think. I'm actually David Chalmers. We had talked about having him come back here. Well, I got him for PVI instead because oh wow, we okay. already had some interviews coming up. We'd sort of forgotten about his new book about the metaverse or about you know about simulations, and so he agreed to that format. So that's going to be you know one of the first episodes of that new season to really just see if this format has legs. Like if, if real philosophers feel that they can go on it, my intuition, what I'd like to do is just to, instead of having him, usually with philosophers, we'll have them explain their thing to sort of, you know, to start off. And then in a very uncomfortable way, perhaps, you know, try to get them to do an improv scene. But on this, I'd like to just say, oh, David, I actually re- refer to him as Socrates. I hear that, you know, Cradleus here is arguing that everything's a simulation. What do you think? And just see if he can handle a long form, perhaps 15, 20 minute scene where we're talking about his ideas, but I make him try to do so using the Socratic method because I, he's so sharp. I bet he can do it. He's a smart dude. Uh, he's quick, quick on his feet. And he does seem to be very comfortable in that sort of public interaction space. Hey, it's Wes. Hello. Wes, what's been on your intellectual plate? I actually just got done downloading a bunch of Grice stuff that I'm sure I won't read, a bunch of books and extra stuff for an upcoming episode on Grice. I did something that Dylan has already done, which I should have done a long time ago, which is I joined Friends of Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy so I can get the nicer PDF versions. Although I joined the student, I got the student level, which is $5 a year because I didn't want to pay the $25 a year. And then, of course, I ran out of downloads immediately and regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) Intellectually, I am reading because I had been interested in writing about gender as a social construction. I've gone down several different rabbit holes. One of them is sexual selection and evolution. One of them is just evolutionary psychology more broadly. And then also the question of essence or natural kinds. I'm rereading the Stanford Encyclopedia article on natural kinds, and there's a section in there on essences and their relationship to natural kinds. I have a lot of books downloaded on gender and biology and sexual selection, but sexual selection is the thing that I'm mainly interested in right now, and it is a pretty mind-blowing thing if you ever read any books about it. I'm sure you've seen in the Netflix animal documentaries, David Attenborough and all that stuff, birds doing their elaborate chorus line dances in order to win over a female. But the the sorts of traits and behaviors that animals have because of sexual selection specifically is pretty mind-blowing when you start actually reading about it. I'm feeling like with this Tomasello stuff that we're reading and what you're doing, I'm sure we'll probably end up having multiple episodes on gender and trans when we actually get around to doing them. The guest that I had been looking at for this fall Her book is not actually coming out until next summer, which we could do it early with her, but eh, let's, let's just see how we feel. We have two academic author guests coming on over the next few months. So I don't feel the need to push this in. And it seems like you're just incubating Wes in this area and will really be prepared 
But in, as well as looking into the gender stuff, I think we've never really had an episode on the philosophy of evolutionary biology or, you know, why evolutionary biology as a scientific approach so often falls into scientism and, you know, ends up being a, is it a, is a substitute for actually looking at the essence of something? You know, is it actually doing what philosophy does or is it running counter and sort of dismissing the philosophical enterprise too often. Yeah, I, of course, used to be very critical of evolutionary psychology, in part because it seems to drill down too much into these very modular components of the psyche that are supposed to have been determined by evolution or influenced by evolution, when it seems like that's not always the case, not everything is selected for. I am more sympathetic now that I am reading more about it, and... I'm sure there are excesses. I don't know yet what those are exactly. But what I do think, my view is that there are certain things where we really do have to look to biology and evolution to fully understand the phenomenon. How do you understand something like gender if sexual selection does play a role in gendered traits? And you really have to understand that. Or even language. We can't say what language is without describing its origins, and we can't describe its origins without talking about a process which reaches back into human prehistory and maybe even the pre-human. I think the evolution of language historically tells us a lot about the ontogeny of it, right? Language acquisition, that tells us something about what it is. It's very hard to imagine how it is that language even works, I think, unless you start looking at evolution. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com slash support. Thanks for listening.